Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. The Christian writer and minister Frederick Beekner said that during Lent, we are to ask ourselves what it means to be a Christian. I've been thinking about that question in light of the school shooting in Florida. And this morning I want to say something about being a Christian in America amidst the epidemic of gun violence in our country. I say epidemic because gun violence in America is a public health issue, not just a gun rights issue. It is also a spiritual and religious issue. I want to say something about gun violence in America because I'm angry. I'm angry because yet another mass shooting has claimed the lives of students and teachers in their school. I'm angry because despite numerous school and other mass shootings over many years and many administrations, leaders in our country have refused to act to stem the bloodshed. They have refused to enact measures supported by the majority of Americans because they have decided, it seems to me, to serve wealth and power. I'm angry with myself because other than small donations to groups working to end gun violence, I'm not sure I've done anything other than getting angry. I'm angry because God is being used to justify access to the guns that have been used in so many of our mass shootings. My father hunted pheasant when I was growing up, his shotgun and shells stored at the back of a closet in his study. I had a BB gun as a kid. I remember wounding a bird. It could no longer fly. And I remember weeping as I put it out of its misery. I've shot shotguns at clay pigeons, old military rifles and powerful hunting rifles at targets. I've done a summer version of the Olympic sport of biathlon. I've held a friend's AR-15. It's odd to want to shoot a gun you don't think anyone should own. My son, owns several airsoft guns, a modern version of a BB gun. I've done several funerals for men, they've all been men, who killed themselves with guns. I've done a funeral for a young man in his 20s who was murdered, execution style with a bullet to the back of the head in a vacant lot in Los Angeles. Gun violence in America is a complicated issue and it requires a multifaceted solution. 
But part of that solution has to do with guns. It is our refusal to address guns and our gun culture while we watch our children die that has me angry. From a spiritual perspective, there are different types of anger. My spiritual discipline this Lent is to fast from reactionary anger. But that does not mean giving up righteous anger. The school shooting in Florida happened on Ash Wednesday, and I'm not sure I'm doing so well with my Lenten discipline. Righteous anger is anger at injustice. It is the anger that prompts you to action. Righteous anger is what Jesus felt when he expelled the merchants and money changers from the temple. Righteous anger is an appropriate response to injustice. Reactionary anger, on the other hand, is not about righteousness, but self-righteousness. Reactionary anger is based in hatred, not love. Reactionary anger is a form of resentment. And as one of my favorite quotes goes, holding on to resentment is like drinking poison and then, it, and then expecting it to kill your enemy. Peter rebuking Jesus is a reactionary anger. It is a self-serving anger because Jesus is not meeting Peter's expectations for the Messiah. But Jesus rebuking Peter is righteous anger. It is anger at that which does not serve God. Sadly, reactionary anger is what seems to define politics and media commentary on all sides in our country right now. Reactionary anger is pervasive on social media, and I tend to get sucked into it, which is why I was trying to give it up for Lent. This is a spiritual issue. If I react angrily to every tweet from some politician or pundit I don't like, I'm really letting that person own part of my soul. The response of the students who survived the school shooting in Florida and the actions they are taking have struck me as righteous anger. I have felt inspired by them and pray my own reaction and the reaction of the church is a righteous anger at violence and inaction and not a reactionary anger that fuels division. Bullets are bipartisan. They will kill or injure you regardless of your politics. How should we, as Christians living in America, respond to gun violence and the question of gun reform? 
I'm sometimes told that priests should not get into politics in church. I believe that that is actually a political opinion, not a religious one. Jesus was, after all, executed for a political crime. However, I would say that if political figures are going to use appeals to religion and faith to justify their positions, then religious leaders have an obligation to respond to their claims. This week, the head of the NRA said that the right to bear arms is, quote, not bestowed by man, but granted by God to all Americans as our American birthright. It was certainly news to me that God, <laughs> that God wrote the Second Amendment. <laughs> the Bill of Rights, including the Second Amendment, is fundamental to our democracy, but it is not Holy Scripture. I read about a church that is responding to the school shooting in Florida, not with prayers of lament, but by inviting parishioners to bring their own AR-15s to church to have them blessed. That is a deadly form of idolatry. Honestly, the statement by the head of the NRA isn't just bad theology, it is dangerous theology, but it is theology which is pervasive in our country. It is the kind of theology to which Jesus responded, get behind me, Satan. You are putting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. The entire point of the Romans reading today is to say that righteousness comes from having faith like Abraham and Sarah, not being descended from Abraham and Sarah. The arc of scripture is the elimination of the divine birthright based on the nation to which you belong for the sake of being a citizen of the kingdom of God through faith in Jesus. Our birthright is our baptism. There is in that baptism neither Jew nor Greek because all are one in Christ Jesus. Now to be clear, I'm not speaking against the Second Amendment or gun rights advocates or even members of the NRA. People I know and respect, including members of this congregation, belong to the NRA. But let's not put the Second Amendment on God. When someone says the right to bear arms is not bestowed by man but granted by God, they are really trying to say that that right cannot ever be questioned. First, rights bestowed by God always, always come with responsibilities and restrictions. 
and second, to assert that a right to liberty extends to something like access to weapons designed specifically to kill other human beings is to use God for a very human end. At best, it is to expect God to live up to our expectations, which is the issue with Peter in the gospel today. At worst, it is a callous use of God for the sake of maintaining power over others, which is at the heart of Jesus being rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes. All Christians, all Christians, have a responsibility for how faith and God are used in our public life. My prayer is that we will reject using God to justify gun rights, especially in the wake of such tragic death. Yesterday I saw a video of a man turning in his AR-15 and several high-capacity magazines at a police department. He said he was tired of seeing people killed with that type of gun and didn't want to own it anymore. He had purchased it legally in an exchange in a parking lot at a Cracker Barrel. I saw another video of a man cutting his AR-15 in half. Both men in these videos encouraged others to get rid of their assault rifles. A Republican member of Congress who is a staunch gun rights advocate, but also a combat veteran, has called for a ban on assault rifles. From a Christian perspective, these actions are a form of turning your mind from human things to divine things. It is denying yourself for the sake of others. As Christians, we should always favor our responsibilities to God and each other over our personal rights. Indeed, giving up or restricting a right so that others will live is the faithful thing to do. To take up your cross and follow Jesus, to lose your life to save it, means giving up some of your control. It means letting go of personal freedom to gain true freedom in Christ. As one writer put it, faithfulness is both the giving up of control as well as a corresponding trust that God's way of being in relationship with us is much better for all involved. Righteous anger is not righteous if it does not lead to action. So what action can I take that will address gun violence? What actions can we take here at St. John's 
as a congregation to address gun violence. Whether you feel righteous anger as I do, or sadness, or despair, or even if you think access to the guns themselves is not the primary issue, or you disagree with much of what I have just said, what can we do as Christians? Our country has the highest rate of gun deaths among all high-income countries and the highest, the highest rate of mass shootings in the entire world. Mental illness exists in the rest of the world, too. Can we have a respectful dialogue that leads us to action to help stop this violence? Let's talk. And then, for the love of God, let's act. For to not act is to be complicit. That is why, at the beginning of this service, we repented of the evil that enslaves us, the evil done on our behalf. It is why we ask God's forgiveness for the things we have left undone. I'll close with a prayer for compassion and action from an interfaith service on gun violence. Let us pray. Gracious Holy One, we are facing an unknown future with persistent and deep suffering from gun violence. It is hard to know where to turn so that voices of peace, understanding, and compassion might be heard. We find it difficult to listen to each other. When gunshots ring out in our schools, movie theaters, shopping malls, churches, streets, and homes, hearts are broken, lives are shattered. Souls that are taken from us cannot be returned, and we are left diminished as a human family. Violence done to one person is violence done to all. But we know that your spirit of compassion, mercy, and dignity travels through all time. You watch over us even when we feel more than slightly lost. Within our reach is the goodness, promise, and dreams that are your dreams. Remind us when we falter that love ultimately wins. Comfort us when we mourn with the assurance that life is bigger than that which we call death. Provoke in us the determination to keep trusting in the future so that together we can find a way to listen, to address those things that need to be addressed, and to respect the dignity of all human beings. This we uphold before you, knowing the good you intend for us. Amen.